Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. Welcome back to Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bumpus with Ray Roberts. Paul Moyer just had his second or third grandchild, so he's in uh, Texas, as our, our local cowboy would say here. I would tell them to boo you, but I like you too much. I'm not going to do that to you, okay? <laughs> um, and we're looking. Here's the thing. When you uh, draft guys who aren't from the area, Bellevue's confusing sometimes, you know? I'm from California where it takes 30 minutes to go five minutes, and, <laughs> and you figure it out. But uh, we're, we're looking for Devin Witherspoon, and he will be here. Don't you worry. But in the meantime, we're going to do a little song and dance and stall a little bit. All right, we're going to focus on this matchup between the Bengals. Is it as simple as just having a quarterback who's better than the next quarterback? Now, Joe Burrow is the highest paid player in the NFL for a reason. He's taken this team to a Super Bowl, back-to-back conference championships. He has done a lot with a little when it comes to that offensive line. Can you just look at the quarterback and say, all right, he's a better quarterback. They should win this game. I mean, I, I think if they're both playing, if both quarterbacks are playing their best football, probably Joe Burrow has the, the advantage. Uh, but I can't say that you, just because of Joe Burrow they're going to win the football game. Right. Because there's just too many players, you know, like, you have a Quandre Diggs, you have a, you know, uh, you know uh, Bobby Wagner, you have Witherspoon, you have Tariq Woolen, like, that's Jamal Adams. That's a lot of dudes that can make plays. And then on, on our offense, at every skill position, you can, there's guys that can take it to the house. You know, the tight end you know, uh, can take it to the house. The running backs can take it to the house. All the receivers. So it is, it's more than just a quarterback. It's more than just the quarterback. It's the O-line. It's the D-line. And it's these dudes making plays right now. We are joined by Devin Witherspoon, man. Hey. The folks, the folks waited a long time to see what you can do, man. Um, training camp, I think you had like a hamstring thing going on. You, you, you took your time, you waited for your opportunity, and you hit the ground running, man. I mean, when you are as high as a draft pick as you are, you already got the swag and the confidence, man. When you stepped on the field for the first time during a regular season game, what that feel like? Uh, I just felt like I needed to get back to the basics. Um, basically, just going back to play football again, just on the biggest stage. So I was just ready to get out there and compete. Yeah, I, uh, Bump just talked about your swag. And, like, you're such a low-key dude, it seems like, off the field. But, yeah. but, but then on the field, like, your personality, your playing personality is huge. Mm. Like, where does that come from? That's just me being me out there on the field. I just love to compete and go out there and play. So I show a lot of passion and emotion for the game because I love what I do. So that's just the reason why I put that down on the field. I love it, man. Keep doing it. <laughs> so, so when they drafted you, um, did you think, all right, I'm going to be uh, a corner. I'm going to be that nickel spot. Was there, was there communication when it came to what your role was going to be, or did it just kind of happen organically as the training camp went along? Uh, we didn't really have a set spot where I was going to be. Um, that kind of happened more as just the game plan. They got a feel for how I like to play and seen it on tape. So they were just like, okay, we're just going to move you around just to see how you adjust with it. And I was able to pick up on it pretty good. So we was like, okay, we're just going to move you around. I'm like, all right. I feel you. So you grew up in Florida. Let's go to Florida. And you went from that, from that heat to that cold in <laughs> Illinois. What was that like? Boy, tell me something. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Nah, it was just extremely cold. I ain't used to that. And it's just windy, especially in Illinois. So it was just bad. 
But um, you get used to it, though, when you're out there on the field. You just got to suck it up and play. But off the field, it ain't nothing to be messed around with. Uh, I feel that you. cold is vicious. Man, it's vicious. Man, sure. I, I'm from Southern California. Then I went to school in Eastern Washington. This is the first time I saw a negative when oh, I look yeah. at the bar, I'm like, what's going on here? I go, we canceling practice? What are we doing, coach? He's <laughs> like, nah, lace them up. <laughs> Let's go ahead. That's, it's the usual. Right? So it's like, it, it's nah. a regular Tuesday for you. <laughs> right. Oh, and when I was in practice, I was layered up. I had like too many layers on when I was oh, practicing. Yeah. Same for you? Two layer thermal, sleeve, pants, tights, long socks, whatever. <laughs> Vaseline, everything. Everything. That's old school with Vaseline. <laughs> you need all that. Yeah. Hey, when you... Um, when the, you get the phone call from the Seahawks, mm-hmm. like a, a lot of people in the draft was you know, thinking the Seahawks were going to go a different direction. Mm-hmm. And then they call you like, were you always in contact with them? Like did, when you talked to them doing like the pre-draft stuff, like what, what were those conversations like? Did they give you an indication that, that you might be their guy? Nah, um, originally that I was just, I ended up taking a visit here um, during when I was uh, visiting my teams and stuff like that. And um, I really wasn't supposed to come here, and then they booked me to come here. So I'm like, okay, um, we fitted in my schedule, and I came here. And then I had no idea I was going to be here mm. after the draft. So I'm like, okay, they just brought me in, whatever, whatever. Um, so originally, everybody thought I was going to Detroit. So I was like, okay, I'm not probably going to fall past six. Right. Um, and then we, I remember draft night like it was yesterday. I was sitting down. I was, uh, I was on my phone. I was seeing where everybody said where everybody going to go and stuff. And then all the camera people were around Jalen Carter because I think he was mm, on the phone. Right. And then I was just chilling. I'm like, okay, okay, probably I'll probably be going next. <laughs> so, um, but then I had got a call. And then it was from Ren Washington. I'm like, I'm like, I told my agent, I'm like, hey, they, they called me. I didn't know if I was supposed to answer the phone. So um, I answered the phone, and then they told me they were selecting me. And then by the time I looked up, all the camera people was around. I was like, nice. oh, I just man. put my head <laughs> But that was dope, though. No, that's, that's awesome. That, man, that's an awesome feeling. What, what positions did you play growing up? Because, I, I mean, you and I are about the same size, average-type dude. So I, I would assume running back, DB, yeah. receiver, maybe even some quarterback. Like, what yeah. position did you play? All the ones that you named and safety and stuff as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Which ones did you, uh, you want to play? Did you kind of fall into your role now, or did you think, I'm going to be something else? Um, no, nah, I kind of always knew I was going to play, like, on the defensive side because they took one time me see somebody get hit on the slant route. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that ain't going to be me. Yeah, nah. So ever since then, I made the transition to defense, and I just stuck with it. So you've been, you've been with the team, or, you know, this is, what, four games into the, to the season, had a big, huge Monday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are one or two things that you've learned that you've learned since you've uh, since since you've been in the league. I just feel like it's hard to win in this league. Like every team is a tough team to play against. Um, they are everybody gonna have good scheme plays to scheme you up and beat you. So it's like in this league, there's no fall offs with teams. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see around the league each week, like you would be surprised that one team beat another. Right. But that just is how the, the league goes. So I'm just me. It's just hard to uh, win in this league, and you just gotta go out there and continue to play. Right. So. NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Two sacks, picked to the hoodie, to 97 the, of them things. You know I, call, I, mean? I did call that, by the way. <laughs> he, did. He, he did. So we do pre-halftime and post-game show. We make our predictions. Yeah. And Big Ray predicted that you're going to take one to the house. Oh, so, shout out to Big Ray. Hey, hey, <laughs> goes to Big Ray. Big, so you've had like so much success early, man. Um, you know, you're still a rookie, but when you prepare throughout the week, what, what keeps you going, what keeps you motivated? 
of my teammates, um, the way we just prepare and we talk to each other about every week and how we gonna um, play different concepts, different routes that teams like to run. And then when we self-scout ourselves and see how teams are going to attack us to beat different um, coverages, we just go out there and it's like every week we got to be on our own point. We got to be at our A1 every week because teams are going to first. Um, so that's, that's really keep me level-headed throughout the week. And I just go out there and continue to prepare and just go out there and play football. Well, it's not often that rookies get like uh, big, huge compliments. It used to be you should be seen and not heard, Yeah. right? But early uh, in training camp, uh, they were talking to Quandre Diggs, mm -hmm. and he said that the energy and the swagger and the confidence and, like, bordering on cocky, I don't care what you call it, like, that some of the older players needed to see that. They, mm -hmm. they needed to be reminded of that and that you, you kind of brought that to them. What do you think about uh, that type of a compliment? Uh, now, that's dope, though, that he said that. Um, me, I just... Really, I just take it around with it. So I was like, Quandre said that, then yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, um, that's like my OG in the room. But yeah, I just uh, I feel like I kind of remind the old guys of them younger selves mm -hmm. and remind them that the game is always going to be fun. So just go out there and continue to have fun, go out there and just play your balls off and just go have fun. Man, I remember um, when I was playing, wasn't drafted as high as you. I wasn't drafted at all. I snuck through the back door. Uh, <laughs> And I remember walking into the receiver room and seeing all these names and these guys and be like, man, I'm here right now. Right. You know, I, I would imagine that you had a, a moment that where you felt like you arrived, man. Do you remember that moment? And what was that like? Uh, it's kind of blur, a blur now. But when I first walked into the room, I'm like, I really play for this uh, NFL team. So I'm like, I play for the Seahawks. And then all the rookies, we kept saying that to each other. We'd be like, this our job. <laughs> <laughs> this is our new lifestyle. So we just really couldn't get over it for real. And then after um, we had a mock game, and then the preseason happened, and I didn't get a chance to play. I'm like, so I'm like, I wanted to play with all the rookies. I'm like, y'all yeah. look like y'all having fun out there. <laughs> and I want to go out there and have fun too. And then before you know it, the season was here, and then it got real. So it's like now it's a 53 man roster, a practice squad, and you just see a lot of people faces that you've seen in. OTAs and rookie minicamp that's not there anymore. So it's yep. like, okay, this is a real business, a real job. Yep. So um, yep. every day you go out there and got to prove it's an interview. So you just got to go out there and show them why you're worthy of being here. So I think I've read somewhere, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that uh, you're, you were kind of like a late starter to football and that your mom convinced yeah. you to play? Yeah, so I played part one in football. And then when I got to high school, I stopped. And then I ain't play again until my junior year because I would play basketball. Mm. So you got a game a, like that. Oh, yeah, I was a hooper, though. It, it get like that on the court, though. Yeah. <laughs> but your mom, what, what was that conversation like with your mom? She just kept, she kept begging me to play football just one more time. I'm like, Ma, I don't want to play football no more. She was like, just please play one more year for me. I'm like, okay, okay, I'm just tired of hearing this. It's been two years, and she's steady been saying that. I'm like, okay, I'm just getting one year out the way. And then after my first year, I had got my scholarship off of Detroit University. And I never looked back. I just kept running with it. So what you get mom as soon as you got that good uh, little signing bonus? Come on now. We can't speak on all that. Hey. <laughs> I'll take care of it. Hey. Keep the main thing the main thing. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Hey, sure. hey, we're happy you're here, man. You keep doing your thing. It's been a pleasure watching yes. you play. And um, I'm excited to see how you grow from here, man. Appreciate Give it, it one more time for Devin Witherspoon. All right, when we come back, man, we'll go inside the field when we talk about Mario Edwards, sack, DK, Metcalf, touchdown, and also my man right here, 97-yard touchdown to the house. That is next right here on Hawks Live. 
Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Live on air on Seattle Sports. Welcome back to Hawks Live. The faithful are still here. Devin Witherspoon was here. And about 15% of y'all <laughs> left. But it's okay. We're still here, man. I'm Michael Bombas with Ray Roberts. It's time now to go inside the film room. The first clip we're breaking down. Mario Edwards sacks Daniel Jones for a 10-yard loss and a fumble recovered by the guy with the bionic knee, Jordan Brooks. First, and they did give it to him, as we said. First and 10 at the 25. Play fake. Jones steps away from the sack. Being chased. Gets hit. Ball comes out. Fumble. Seahawks. Seahawks have it. It's Brooks. Spins out of a tackle. Fights his way down the sideline. Knocked out of bounds at the seven-yard line. The Seahawks had two guys that got a shot at the big quarterback of the Giants. The first one he was able to avoid. The second one he could not. He was sacked. Forced to fumble. Brooks picks it up and takes it down. Inside the 10. What'd you see there, Big Ray? Well, the first thing I saw was uh, Nuosu, who came off of our defensive left side uh, and didn't bite on the run fake. Right. Uh, because if he, had, if he had gone down on the run fake, the quarterback could have gotten out to the edge and had more space. But he stayed up the field, actually missed the sack. So he could have finished with three sacks in that game. But it slowed the quarterback down enough uh, for, um, man, I forgot his name. Mario. Mario Jones to come around and get the sack. Yeah, and that's what I see there, too, man. You got that, that jet Edwards. sweep that is trying to lure Edwards out, right? And then you have the play fake to be like, look, in case you didn't take the jet sweep, you're going to take this play fake and get your shoulders downhill. And that's what QBs are looking for, what play callers are looking for. Like, look, we want to influence this guy, whether we widen him out or narrow him down, getting his shoulders uh, down the line of scrimmage, and it just doesn't happen. And then, I mean, come on, Jordan Brooks, guys. Jordan Brooks. I did not expect to see him until about November, maybe around my birthday, baby girl's birthday, December 13th. You know, but he's out there making plays. Uh, that was a big one for the Seattle Seahawks. Okay, this next play, we got Geno Smith. He finds DK Metcalf for a six-yard touchdown. Geno out of his shotgun as Walker behind, beside him, just to his left, awaiting the snap. Geno takes it, steps up in the pocket, scrambles away to his right side, looking to the end zone, fires a dart in the back of the end zone. DK, does he have his feet in it? Does touchdown Seahawks? D.K. Metcalf with the rope-a-dope in the back of the end zone. Hands down by his sides. Gino fires a bullet. And Metcalf reacts, makes the catch, feet in, six-point Seahawks. I'd be right. Gino making plays. Tell me what you're looking at. Well, I'm looking at the offensive line in, on, on this uh, play. The two tackles kind of got... They stayed between their guy and the quarterback for the most part, but they got pushed back into Geno's lap. And so yeah. the thing that's, to me, that has been uh, impressive about Geno is his mobility. I, I didn't think that he was as elusive as he is. Sometimes not so much when he tries to do the, like, the, the Michael Vick, like run back 50 yards to gain another two yards. What, what game we're talking about was the Detroit Lions. game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but when he, when he kind of stays within what he's capable of doing, he's very mobile in the pocket and he's able to get outside. And then this throw to DK and, and DK, you know, doing, not having his hands up until the last minute, like I don't, I don't know if I could have ever done that. That's a, that has to be a wide receiver thing. 
It definitely is. Is, is. is it a is it a name for it? Someone was calling it the Deke or something. Uh, it's Deke. Deke is more hockey. Hit him with the Deke, right? Yeah. Mighty Ducks. Triple Deke. Hey, hey, hey. 80s babies here. Anybody? Triple Deke. Triple Deke. <laughs> D2. You know what I'm saying? Mighty Ducks. But um, no, what DK did was because there are keys that lets a DB know the football is on the way. Right. Our eyes get big mm-hmm. and those hands start to show. Right. So DK has... <laughs> the, the, shield the shield on so you can't see his eyes so he was just late with his hands and boom but this is one of the reasons why I feel like Geno Smith is underrated mm-hmm. because he's going east to west and I, I coach high school football you coach high school football and when I talk to my quarterbacks whenever they're rolling out I tell them you got to push downhill before you throw the football to get more power on it but then you deal with a grown man <laughs> he goes no nah, I'm gonna go east west I'm going to fire that thing out there, and DK is going to get it done. I think that's what we saw right there. And D- DK did a great job of selling the whole situation. Oops, sorry. We had the, the DB with his back to the play the mm-hmm. whole time. So he had no idea. So uh, good job on DK. Good job on Geno Smith. I'll, I'll also say, too, that to, from when DK came into the league and to be able to have the confidence to make that catch because he was a body big right. time body catcher right. when he first came in and so that just kind of uh speaks to also the work he's put in to, yep. be, a, a, to, be, to be a better receiver and, and a hands catcher couldn't agree more all right next play devin witherspoon speaks uh so, excuse me picks off daniel jones and runs it back 97 yards for a touchdown we just spoke to this man so yeah. jones from the shotgun Breeder beside him in the backfield single wide out left with a slot to the right side Seattle looks like they want to rush four, and they do. Jones is going to throw, throws near side. Ball picked up. Witherspoon comes near side, down the sidelines. Jones chasing him, he cuts back inside, picks up blockers, still being chased. Witherspoon far side, 20, 15, 10, 5. He is in. Holy catfish. Witherspoon went a mile and a half with the interception for a touchdown. Well, what you see? What it, I mean, I just I don't know much about the route concepts, but it looks like they had two kind of return routes, and he sat right in the middle of both of them, and then the quarterback threw him the ball. The thing that I think is kind of funny about this whole thing is when he got to like the 35 yard line you, and hey. was trying to change <laughs> directions, and he had the little windmill yeah. arm thing. Yeah. That 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 looks like a like. That's how I would have to change directions. Right. I need, I need all the help I need to get my, my whole body going one direction. And then the other thing was just how easy uh, Tariq Woolen was running yeah, oh, really yeah. fast. Yeah. On this, in, on this interception return, he just kind of jogged down the field and was clocked as the fastest uh, uh, run in the, in the NFL so far this season. And he was just chilling. So what I'm looking at, I see... Tariq Woolen is responsible for the flat. You got your number two receiver, which is the guy that is second closest to the sideline. He runs a slide route is what I call it. So you're running out and you slide back in. Tariq Woolen is responsible for the flat. So if that receiver slides back in, he has a linebacker that's responsible for the hook to curl. He goes, look, I'm going to pass you off to that guy. So he passes him off to the guy and him 
being in the right place where he's supposed to be mm-hmm. at the right time, he gets rewarded by the $40 million quarterback, <laughs> Daniel Jones, which I think, you know what? I never want to hate on a man for making this money. Daniel Jones, you make your money. You finesse the system. All right. But this right here is why I never thought he was worth it. So Daniel Jones throws just a horrible ball in Devin Witherspoon is where he's supposed to be. And now it's time to get money. You got your quarterback who's chasing you. You better not, as a skill guy, Big Ray, you can't get caught by quarterbacks or kickers. You get caught by quarterbacks or kickers, you're going back to that locker room, and they are giving you, can the I say business. that word? H, H word. Heck. They're giving you heck <laughs> when, you, when you get into, uh, into the room. So, no, that's Devin Witherspoon, man. When you just do your job, sometimes you get rewarded. Some, and and that's just, exactly what happened. Yeah, and, and like we said earlier, for this guy, man, like two sacks to pick six uh, on Monday night in New York, it's, it's amazing that he picked, that all that stuff went down for him in that moment oh, yeah. on that stage in that time. Big time. Big moment for a big time player. All right, that's it for the, the film room. When we come back, we'll, we'll talk that talk. That's when uh, me and Big Ray throw some topics. He tells me I'm wrong. I tell him he's wrong. And we might be right, but that's just what we do. That's coming up next right here on Hawks Live. It's time to talk that talk with Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer on Hawks Live. Welcome back to Hawks Live. We are here. I'm Michael Bumpus with Ray Roberts. Brenda Rogers over there. Brother Chauncey Sanders, Nasa Chobi, those are the guys who make all this happen. And the people right here people hanging out with us. It's time for Talk That Talk. This is what happens in Talk That Talk. So I throw a topic out there. And uh, typically, if this is Paul Moyer sitting here, I tell him why he is wrong. And I just cannot mess with him anymore. I got you. All right. But it's Big Ray. I'll just tell you that you're wrong, but I can still rock with you. Oh, we, you know, we can rock like that, dog. You know, we go way back. It's what we do. Yeah. All right. So my little bro. First one. Here we go. Devin Witherspoon has a legit shot at winning Defensive Rookie of the Year. Yes? No? How do you feel about that? You know, from the rookies that I've seen on defense, like, he has a chance to be the most impactful. I mean, it's going to be hard to come back, you know, to duplicate the game that he just had. Right. You know, You know, two sacks and a pick six, 90-something yards, whatever. But he is one of those dudes that the camera likes. You're gonna, they're gonna see him a lot. He's like very, that. he's very animated, and so you're gonna see his highlights a lot. And I think that's gonna carry it for him because he's gonna make a lot of plays. So I'm going yes. Man, that is the best description I've heard. He's a guy that the camera likes. Yes. If the camera likes you, that means you're making plays. You're doing something right. They're zooming in. Yeah. If you guys don't know, right, when you produce a show, there's a producer in your ear. He goes, ah, 21, 21, get to number 21. And he's telling the camera where to go. Devin Witherspoon is the type of guy to where the producer's in the, uh, the guy's ear and saying, look, get to 21. I agree with you, man. I think he does. And you know what's crazy is that the guy that most people wanted the Seahawks to pick up, has a chance as well as winning uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year. You're looking at Jalen Carter. I I believe he has two and a half or three and a half sacks on the year. As an interior lineman, that looks good. But I think that teams are going to attack the Seahawks on the perimeter because they've been so good inside the box stopping the run that Devin Witherspoon is going to have more opportunities to make plays. All right, I think we agree right there, Big Ray. Oh, yeah. Next one. You want to read it? Where are we at? Jackson Smith. 
Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jigma. Ba, ma. Ba. And Jigma. Uh, will have his first breakout game on Sunday. His first breakout game? Didn't he already have it? Oh, no, no, no. I'm thinking what this one. See, I'm thinking rookies. I'm all jacked up. <laughs> I'm all jacked up, man. My man, JSN. We've been waiting on this, right? The 20 pick in the league. You got Geno Smith, this guy who was the only NFC quarterback to throw for over 30 touchdowns, 4,000 yards. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's about to go down. It's about to go down because teams are going to look at Ken Walker, even Zach Charbonnet before JSN, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and the tight ends are going to be like, hey, don't worry about that number 11. He ain't doing much. Well, here's the thing, though. What would constitute a breakout game? Like, what would the stats be? For me, if he he has two yards and a touchdown, that's a breakout. (laughs) Two two yards? Hey, just get in the zone. All right, so now if he doesn't get in the zone, I'm going to take six receptions for 80 to 100 yards because he's a slot receiver. He's the third option, essentially. He's really the yeah. fourth option because you got the, the tight ends involved. The two yards a touchdown, I'm not calling that a breakout. I'm, uh, right. but, but if he has, the, right. if he has the, the four or five catches for 80 yards and if, if, even no touchdown, I think I would call that a, right. a breakout game. What about, what about 40 yards and a touchdown? I can see that. I mean, because okay. he's not going to probably won't get a ton of targets. Yeah. So to, to get 40 yards, he'll have to be making the most of what okay. he gets. So right. I can, you, you'll get to see the full him if he does that. Right. But I'm not sure it's going to happen. No, no, I, sure. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think the time is there yet. I don't. I don't think it's right there yet. I respect it. Yeah, I ain't mad at that at all. Okay, next one. Jamal Adams will look like his 2020 form against the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm. What you think, Big Ray? The thing I like about the way he came back, even in the nine plays, is that he played without hesitation. Right. So I think that will give him a chance to play like his 2020 form, because other because the injury he had when he hear you hear him talk about it, his kneecap was he was holding his kneecap on the side as he was running off the field. You familiar with that, aren't you? A little bit, yeah. I, I did my patella tendon and my and my kneecap was up in my my thigh. Goodness gracious! <laughs> but uh, but. I, and I had to, I had them come and, and carry me off. He ran off, <laughs> holding Wait, his hold, knee. Hold, hold. Yeah. Big Ray. Yeah, they call you Big Ray for a reason. I couldn't they walk it off. They carried you off. I couldn't walk it off. How dog. many, how many men did it, did it take? Well, one dude came out, and then he was like, uh, "You okay?" I'm like, "No." He's like, "Well, I'll be right back." And we <laughs> got reinforcements. <laughs> but the the fact that he came back off the injury and was just playing at the pace of speed and recklessness that he plays with. Right. I think, you know, if, if he's – the cobwebs are cleared out of his head and they put him in the right position, I think he's going to make a lot of plays on Sunday. So I could see that happening, him looking like 2020 Jamal. I think we saw for nine plays. Yeah. You know, he almost had a sack. He had two tackles. He looked explosive. And I think that's all I was looking for. The right. one thing I want to see, he didn't look really flexible, Big Ray. Like, I'm looking at his pad level and the hinge and the hips, yeah. you know. And I look at him, I go, he's still thinking about it. So I think now, after he has a, a game under his belt, he's put something on film that he can look at and see, like, okay, I'm good to go. I think he's going to come out and do his thing. I got you. I all think right, so. what you got, man? We got a... Uh, I, I think the next one is... What team? Uh, what what team? team scares you more? The San Francisco 49ers or the Philadelphia Eagles? Who y'all think? It got to be the Niners. We see them twice. We see them twice. Do we see Philly this year? 
Do we I see Philly? Once. Any yeah. experts out there? I'm supposed to be the expert. Yeah, we do see Philly. All right, but we see the Niners twice, man. I'm looking at Brock Purdy. He's legit. I'm done questioning Brock Purdy. As long as he has Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, McCaffrey, and the rest of the gang surrounding him, I think he's going to be good to go. I'm looking at the 49ers and say, if you can take one, that's a win. This is true. And we tend to split with them. The, the thing I would say, though, is that Philadelphia has been through it. They have a lot of guys, you know, that, that, that's still on the team and went to the Super Bowl and all that kind of stuff. And they've, they've had to grind. They've had to grind through some wins. And so if it, if it, was, a, if it was a game where the 49ers have to play from behind, I'm, I, I would fear if, if both teams were playing from behind, I would fear Philadelphia more because right. they, they find a way to win mm-hmm. and they have the, that kind of a grit, toughness to win. If it's a team that's playing from the front, I think uh, the, the Niners are the team to, to be afraid of because Philly will let a team slide right. back in. Right. But, I, but I think that when they're up on top, when they're on top, the, uh, the 49ers just close the deal. I like that because I'm not, I don't know for sure, but go through my memory I think that I haven't seen Brock Purdy lead a game-winning drive yet right to where you have to make the plays you have everyone knows you're gonna throw the football it's typically been all right man I got options boom my defense is holding me down just don't lose the game right let's see him win a game yeah absolutely I, I like from that the back. I like that all right last one are we finally seeing that Tom Brady was more important to the Patriots dynasty than Bill Belichick Oh, man. Man, that's, that's a, a tough one. That is a tough one because they, it's like how do you separate one from the other? Because, yeah. I mean, they did draft him. Bill Belichick did see something in him to make the decision to, to put him in the game. Right. And uh, I had a buddy of mine that played left guard for them. Uh, he was my left guard in Detroit, and then he ended up going to, to the Patriots. And he said that the first day that Tom Brady came into the huddle in practice, he said, hey, we're going to the Super Bowl. And everybody laughed at him. Like, not that they weren't believing that they can get to the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's just like, who is this dude right. telling us we're going to go to the Super Bowl? Uh-huh. But for whatever, it was something about the way he did it. Everybody jumped on board with him. And he's just, and then he was that dude from that point on. So, uh, but you have to give whoever, Bill Belichick, whoever the quarterback coach was, the scouting department, whatever, they drafted him and then had the, the guts to give him the chance right. to go out there and play. So, I was still kind of the players still have to play, so I would still give a little bit more lean to the to Tom Brady over Belichick, but it's, you can't discount it. It's all about the players. Yeah, it's all about the players. You can have the perfect scheme offensively to a defense if you don't have the guys to execute it. You, you're done. Yeah. And same thing defensively. You could say, look, if we do this, we're gonna lock down what this offense wants to do. If you don't have the Jimmy's and Joe's <laughs> to make it happen, then it's not going to happen. But this is football, right? The history is always a great coach is connected to a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I say all that to contradict everything I just said. <laughs> <laughs> to say, hey, hand in hand. This is a uh, this is mesh. When I call my office, yeah. mesh, mesh concept. My that's fingers, what my fingers it. are too jacked up to do all that. <laughs> But, uh, but no, I, I, you know, at the end of the day, you know, like when you're a, a coach, high school coach, and you're having to deal with parents, you yeah. know, coaches coach, players play, parents, you know, parent and cheer. Yep. Uh, but in this situation, the player had to go do the, had to go do it. Yep. And he did it at such a level that 
yes, the coaching and the environment and everything was set up for him to succeed, but then he had to go succeed, and he did that. And so I, w I would lean more towards the player than the coach. Then he left and did it again. Yes. And that coach has not been able to do it again. There it Brandon, is. you need a quarterback to win. Mac Jones is not the answer. Mac Jones is not that guy. All right, we got one more segment when we come back. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us today here on Hawks Live. We'll give you our final thoughts. That's coming up next. Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District of the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court, live on air on Seattle Sports. Last segment of Hawks Live. It's been great, man. You guys are awesome. I really appreciate you guys great coming crowd. out, showing love, doing what you do, man. Hey, you guys, make sure you get out to Bellevue Collection Dining District. So many great restaurants to choose from. Today, we had our pre-show meal at Hapanessa. Man, I had the amazing Headless Horseman Sushi Rolls. I love me some sushi, Big Ray. All right, holiday-themed cocktails, chicken teriyaki and shrimp gyoza, and so much more we sat there you guys were there first right then i rolled up and you guys were you guys were digging in i'm like all right i gotta catch up man well they had these uh stuffed jalapenos with uh some salmon and some other things <laughs> and it was really good I, I didn't know what it was going to be like i haven't had that combination of right. things together before uh but uh, i had that and i had the also the ginger chicken Okay. Which is really good. Yeah. So I also good had um, some steak, some chicken. You know, so they're a little bit of everything. A you little bit sushi, of everything. You got chicken, got steak, all that good stuff. Nice sushi bar. Uh, you can sit at and great food. Can't say I'm the biggest sushi fan, but it was delicious. It was good. It was good. All right. Final segment, final thoughts. I look at this football team in the Seattle Seahawks and I go, okay, a couple weeks ago, you go to the East Coast. I'm from Cali. You're from the East, kind of low-key. Yes. All right, but you've been out here a long time. Yes. So you're pretty much West Coast, too. <laughs> so we go to the East Coast, and we get it done against a team that we were still trying to figure out at the time. Like, who are these guys, mm -hmm. right? They play well. They don't play well. Um, and we end up getting 11 sacks and holding these guys to not a lot of yards offensively. The next week, they go out and they lose again. Mm -hmm. Do we ignore what we just saw, or do we take that and build off of it? No, I don't think you ignore it because um, it was a game that you should have won the way you won it. Right. Now, if they had gone in and struggled and we had to do the whole Pete Carroll, we got to win it in the fourth quarter thing, right. and we squeaked out a win, then I, I would be a little bit concerned. But like I said uh, the start of the show, it's important for that defense to see and understand what it feels like when it's working, mm -hmm. when, it, when it works exactly the way they have planned it. If you watch some of the line stunts that they did along the defensive line, they were more precise. They were hitting the mark, the, the targets better. If you look at the pass rush, the pass rush was closing the edge a little bit better. The coverage was a little bit tighter. Uh, and so it's important to understand what that feels like so that when you're doing it, you kind of know, like, okay, this is, this is yes. what success feels like. Mm -hmm. And so, and... We are a team that can go and play a team that we should beat, and we can beat them from the very – we can just pound them right from the very beginning. And so that was important. The, the key for the Seahawks is to keep it all in perspective. Right. It was a team that was struggling. It was a team that you should, should beat down like the way you beat it down. But don't allow it to uh, elevate you to the point where you start forgetting about the little details. 
Man, that's such a tricky game you got to play. Yeah. Because you have to appreciate what you did against an NFL team. Yes. Only 32 of them things. Yep. Only 1,500 players and in the league. And they get paid to play and, and all that and, stuff. And they get paid. They draft high. They draft yes. low. All that good stuff. But you also got to keep it in reality and say, okay, let's prove it to ourselves mm-hmm. and let's do it again. You got to block for Barry Sanders. Yes. Was there a game where you guys ran for a bunch of yards and then you had to get back into the locker room and be like, okay, let's do it again. Well, I mean, <laughs> blocking for Barry, <laughs> <laughs> like every game, part of it you were like, man, I'm glad he was on our team so we could run for that many yards because I've missed a lot of blocks. But, uh, but no, nah, the, the run that he, the, the year that he rushed for 2,053 yards, after the first two games, we had only rushed, he had only rushed for a combined 53 yards. Wow. And so then we had this big, uh, the offense coordinator called myself and Barry and Herman Moore and the quarterback. We all had this big powwow and, and like, what should we do and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, we got the best running back on the universe. I don't get paid to call the plays, but if you're asking me, I would run this dude until his shoes fell off. Right. Like, we'd have to have truckloads of oxygen for him on the sideline. He's our best player. He had only had, like, 11 to 12 carries in two games. And so then, yeah. Barry Sanders. And so then for the next 14 games, we rushed for over 100 yards every game, and he rushed for exactly 2,000 yards in 14 games. So each week, we had to go like, okay, what, what do we do well in that game that we could bring to this game without like celebrating ourselves too much? Right. We still had to go out and block. We, still, you know, we played in NFC North. It's a physical, physical division at the time. Green yeah. Bay and Chicago uh, and us and and so, uh, so, yeah, you have to – the thing I think Pete Carroll does a good job at and then the leadership on this team does a good job is they, they keep it in perspective. They don't get too high or they don't get too low. And I think if they keep it in perspective, this is a, a win that especially the defense can, can, uh, can build on. Man, that's crazy that uh, you guys are only feeding him six to yeah. five carries in the first Bobby two Ross. weeks. And then you figured it out. Um, so I look at this team and I go – they might have figured something out. I think they figured out that, look, we need to use the tight ends. Mm-hmm. We need to sprinkle in Ken Walker and Zach Charbonnet. And we also need to get the receivers involved. One element that might be missing is JSN. And I'm not in a rush to get him going. Right. I feel like he's like the best kept secret in the NFL right now. Yeah, and he, I think he's going to have – he's going to hit his stride at some point in the season. And it's going to be – he's going to make some very impactful plays. Uh, and I also think that – even with the running game, Pete Carroll said a few weeks ago that the running game still wasn't where they wanted it to be. Uh, because if you take away a couple of the big runs, both running backs are still averaging about a little under four yards a carry. And so if they want to be consistent in the run game, they have to do a little bit better job with the guard and the centers getting up to the second level, up to the linebackers, because too many of those guys are running free. And so I think if they clean that stuff up, then you get more little play action. You can hit some of those crossing routes and things to, to, to JSN and, and give him a chance to catch the ball and run. I think you were the one who said he's more, of a, he's more explosive when he catches the ball on the run right. versus catching it at a standstill mm-hmm. and trying to wiggle and make someone miss. So I think, they're gonna, I think they'll find some opportunities for him that way. Man. That's it for us, man. We appreciate you guys for hanging out. I appreciate my guy, Big Ray. And also special thanks to Jeff Hobson, Jake Carrahan, and Devin Witherspoon for joining the show. Our board operators, Bravery Robic and Max Strobel, on-site engineer, Brennan Rogers. Love Brennan. Production in- 
Assistant is Chauncey Sanders. Our executive producer is Nasa Chobi. The Seahawks pregame show is live this Sunday starting at 7 a.m. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Bombas with Big Ray Roberts. We'll be back next week right here on Hawks Live.